You're listening to Firm Up, the fermented food podcast where we get together every week to discuss anything and everything fermented. I'm your host, Brandon. Allison is still out with her new baby, but she'll be back soon. In the meantime, you've got me again, and this time I'm going to talk about black garlic. So yes, I know, it's still just me. And out of 81 episodes, we're on episode 81 now, out of 81 episodes, this is only, I think, believe the third one ever where I've done a solo episode. So thanks for holding in with me while I do these solo episodes. I maybe didn't have enough pre-planning in advance for when Allison would be gone on her maternity leave. But next week, I do have a guest. Actually, I have two guests on. They're the authors of the Heal Your Gut Cookbook, a nutrient-dense recipes for intestinal health using the GAPS diet. So I will have both Hillary Boynton and Mary G. Brackett on next week. So bear with me one more week with soloness and then should be back to having guests and or Allison back on soon. But one thing, before I get into black garlic, I did want to say... I want to do a new segment and it's going to be about upcoming events. I've been talking a little bit more like last week I talked about how to run events. If there is an event or a workshop, a festival, anything related to fermented foods, I'd like to do a little segment at the end of the episodes to go over what's going on in different regions of the United States and internationally. So if you have anything going on, tell me about it. Or if you know of something going on, let me know. Send me an email at podcast at firmup.com or let me know on Twitter at FirmUp or anywhere else that you find us at FirmUp. But just let me know about those things because I want to start getting those out. I'll probably, again, do it at the end of the episode if that gets good feedback, just because I don't want to bore people too much with stuff right at the beginning because I know that everyone's listening in different locations and not everyone can go into everything. But even if you hear a lot of things that aren't going on in your area, it might be motivation to listen to last week's episode and start your own events based on what you start hearing at the end of these episodes. So send those in and soon I hope to be sharing more about what's going on in the fermentation space around the world. As I said, I just wanted to do a kind of a shorter episode today talking about black garlic and I have tried it for the first time. I've talked about black garlic before and I've also talked about how disappointed I was the first time I figured out that it was not actually a fermentation process. It's an enzymatic process. And if you're not familiar with black garlic, it is garlic that that goes through a transformation process. And instead of being that that whitish color of regular garlic, it turns black. So it's literally black garlic. And you get to black garlic by maintaining a 140 degree temperature for six weeks. So that's a long time to hold something at 140 degrees and you're getting different reactions that are going on. You have a bit of the Maillard reaction. You have just some enzymatic things going on with the garlic itself, releasing different compounds, but it's not really microbial. There's not really many microbes that are going to be living on and transforming the garlic at 140 degrees, which makes sense. But again, a lot of people still refer to it as fermented black garlic. So it's worthy of talking about here. And again, I tried it for the first time and I highly recommend that everyone give it a try because it's actually really simple. If you have an incubator already that can maintain 140 degrees for six plus weeks, then you already have all that you need to be able to do this. If you don't yet have an incubator like that, well, then there are a few different things you can look at. And I'll put a link in the show notes to a incubator section that I'm starting to build on FirmUp. It's going to have much more to it eventually. Right now, all you really find is the incubator that I use for making koji or tempeh. But in the future, I also plan to have the few other incubators that I have. The main thing with an incubator, the main thing with black garlic is that you want to maintain temperature and 
moisture. They're, you can't let the garlic dry out. So one suggestion is to that I've that I've read about before was to use a dehydrator. So I have my square black Excalibur dehydrator, nine tray version that I will that I actually started the process in. I started it there, put it on 140 degrees. The Excalibur is not as accurate of temperature. It has a little bit more fluctuation window than, say, some of my temperature controllers, but I figured it would be close enough. The only problem was that I started this. It didn't take very long, and I had extremely warm temperatures in my basement. I guess that's a bit of an exaggeration, but there is so much temperature leak, heat leak from the uh, the dehydrator that it just wasn't seeming worthwhile to continue to use that. Plus it has the extra electricity from a fan, which I don't actually need because I'm not trying to dehydrate anything. And I actually had the garlic in sealed containers. So it was a lot of wasted electricity, a lot of wasted heat, and it's just not very insulated. And it's for good reason, because a dehydrator, we actually want a lot of that humidity and moisture to go away. It's a dehydrator. So it's meant to dehydrate food. So you don't want to close it in so tight that the moisture stays and creates condensation or whatnot. Instead, I went to one of my old school incubators that I built with styrofoam. So styrofoam walls, insulator styrofoam, just from the hardware store and made a box that's probably about 24 inches by 15 inches for the inside section. And the outside is made with pine. So offering maybe a little bit more insulation, but it's two layers of styrofoam, then pine box on the outside. And then I have a top that's also insulated. And then there I made a little pop-up tab so that I could slide my temperature controller inside of that. It's a Johnson's controller that I'm using there, but I also use a PID controller for many of my temperature controllers. So the Johnson's controller, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can find that on Amazon, but it is a little bit pricey. And it's worth it, especially if a person's doing beer or any kind of temperature regulation where you want specific temperatures. It can do cool or hot, but it can only do one or the other. And you actually have to open up the, the controller in order to make it so that it cools. So cooling would be, for an example, if you're beer brewing, it would be useful if you're trying to keep a little refrigerator at a cooler temperature than it is externally. But I want, again, to keep it at 140 degrees and my heat source, it will, the Johnson controller, the nice thing about it is it will plug into any kind of heat source. I use a light bulb. So a 60 watt light bulb is plenty in the insulation space that I had for 140 degrees and to maintain that. And the light turns on and off when needed. And that's what the controller does. And then there's a little probe that goes into the the incubation space to measure what the temperature actually is. And then I keep it at about a degree differential. I think I went to like two or three degrees differential because I figured it probably wasn't super important to have it exactly at 140 degrees, which is something I'd like to experiment with in the future. See if I can tweak it a little bit. Does it have to be exactly at 140 degrees? It's a little hard to do quick runs and experimentation with this. It's going to be kind of a long process because I don't have many incubators that can withstand 140 degrees long-term. Because when I'm talking about withstanding 140 degrees, what I'm talking about is I use little dorm fridge, those little mini fridges. I'll use those two for incubators, but at 140 degrees, it will start to melt that plastic on the inside. So that was not going to work. And I also want to make a old dishwasher since I remodeled kitchen this winter. I'd like to use the old dishwasher and the heating element in that with a temperature controller. So put a PID controller on that PID controller and be able to control the temperature that way. And I'm just trying to figure out if I can also control humidity somehow with a different controller like an Arduino or something. But that one would also work for 140 degrees. You just want some kind of containment that is okay with going up to those kind of temperatures, which obviously a dorm refrigerator is 
not meant to be at 140. So the plastic is not meant to withstand those temperatures. So finding a container like styrofoam will work for the most part. But I did find after six weeks that the heat did start to melt a little bit of the the top portion of the styrofoam that was above the light bulb. I probably just needed a little bit more space in between the light bulb and the top in order for that not to happen because it was only a little bit and it probably just melted the part that it needed to. And other than that, it's probably not too much of a fire hazard. But again, 140 degrees for a long period of time, make sure that you have something that's going to be fireproof or relatively so. And also check on it regularly because I did go through three bulbs or two bulbs and I was the the last one worked and continued to work because I was actually using 75 watt bulbs um, that were used and I don't actually know how long they were um, had been used previously and one had been in my incubator so it had been used plenty of different times and so I also had to make sure over six weeks to check to make sure that the temperature controller was also maintaining the temperature and so it, I there were a couple times where, oh, it had dropped sometime in the last 24 hours because the light bulb had burnt out. So just make sure you check that as well. But it seems that like a 60 watt light bulb left in there for the entire duration probably would have worked because for about four weeks, I had the same 60 watt light bulb in there and it's still going strong. So it was most likely just because I was using old light bulbs to start with. The thing that I would say to really focus on here is find a temperature controller, find an incubation space to be able to do this. And I mean, I guess you could do it in your your oven if your oven goes down to that temperature. Otherwise, again, using a light bulb as a heat source, but then you're going to be out of an oven for a long time. Otherwise, styrofoam works great. And sometimes you can find like a old styrofoam container that isn't too gross because again, it it really doesn't matter what the condition of the the styrofoam container is in as long as it you know hasn't had non-food stuff in it. But it really doesn't matter what kind of condition it's in because the garlic's going to go into sealed containers. I tried both mason jar and a just a plastic Tupperware type container. They both seem to have worked. I don't know exactly what the best method is yet. I still haven't tweaked that enough, but pretty much keeping it in a closed container helps it maintain the moisture in a small space so that I'm not creating moisture in the entire incubation chamber. So my incubation chamber used to be used for making Bulgarian style yogurts or commercial thermophilic yogurts. So it was, it was meant to be a, a larger space so I could fit many jars in there, but it was never meant to be something for an open fermentation like Koji or tempeh where the microbes would be coating the surfaces potentially of the incubator and need to be easierly cleaned. So this was never meant to be an easy to clean thing. And I have spilled a couple things in it. So it's not exactly the most pretty incubator and it's not something I would use long-term if I were, were going to be doing something that was open, but for this, it works for experimentation and it's getting the job done. So finding some kind of container, some kind of styrofoam, you could even really probably get away with just using it's going to be close. Like you wouldn't be able to do very much garlic in it, but you could get away with using those throwaway coolers for taking on a picnic or whatnot. The white styrofoam ones I've used that. That was one of my original incubators was using that and just getting the kind of screw on tight light bulb with a electrical cord. I just cut a little hole in the top and then screwed in the light bulb right there. And it just sits there right on top and hangs down again, you're going to be dealing with a very small space. So probably using mason jars in that at that point, because you're so close, the plastic would not be probably a good idea to have that close to the light bulb. But again, it may work. You may need to put something else on top of it or surround it inside something else 
or you might have a lot of temperature leak, which a 60 watt light bulb might not be able to hold. And then the problem is if you need to use more than 60 watt light bulb in order to maintain 140 degrees, then you're going to need a larger space because otherwise it is going to get too hot for that styrofoam and start to melt the styrofoam. But if you have a space, if you have a temperature controller, then all you need to do 140 degrees in a contained as a space that will contain the moisture and you can make black garlic. It's really not that difficult. There are probably plenty of ways to create nuances in flavor and change the way that it blackens and the flavor profiles that it creates. But for the most part, it's really simple. So I urge everyone to just give it a try. If you have the equipment already, try it. If it's if you don't have the equipment, then you might want to start with something else that you would use this stuff for. Like, I don't know if you could get a yogurt maker. Yeah, it's probably not going to go right up to 140. But if you modified it a little, eh, again, you're probably still dealing with some issues. So you really, 140 degrees is kind of a weird temperature. So it's a really weird temperature to keep something at for such a long period of time. But there are different examples of this online. And I know that extractables.com has a few different ones and the Nordic Food Lab had one. They're actually the ones where I saw to use the uh, Excalibur dehydrator. I think that the, the dehydrator will work. It's just, it leaks so much heat that it just seems like a waste of energy versus like a heat source plus a fan that's running a lot more often because it's leaking a lot of heat seems much different than say just a little light bulb and a temperature controller. So if you find a way to insulate an incubator, that may also work, but I know it works with the Excalibur, but maybe some of the other dehydrators out there, and I don't know if they're, they're meant to last and hold for that amount of time either. So you might want to look at that and just realize that whatever you use, make sure or check on it regularly because it may or may not hold up to the stress of 140 degrees long-term. If you have any questions though, send them in and I would be happy to answer anything I can about my experience with black garlic. If you've made black garlic, please also send that experience in. Or if you just have no idea what black garlic is, then go out and try and find it. There are a few markets where you can, you can find it. Otherwise you can go to a Asian grocery store. Sometimes you'll have a black garlic paste, or I know that Trader Joe's had it at one point. I don't know if it's still available. I've never purchased it from there, but I have heard that you can find black garlic cloves there as well. So either whole form or in a paste, it's available. You can find it and then get inspired because it's kind of this black licorice balsamic vinegar sweet and savory sensation that is delicious and it can be used in all forms of way or just eaten like candy like that's what i've done before is just pop them in my mouth because they taste delicious so if you want to try it get out there and find some and then if you like it then get out there and make some you can send any questions comments or anything to podcast at firmup.com you can find the few show notes that will be in this episode at firmup.com slash podcast slash 81 and then you can find us on twitter at firmup facebook at firm up and anywhere else at firm up and until next time firm up